The Devil Inside Me, Death. As I was being booked for jail in L.A. County, I thought it would be a good idea to tell them that I had HIV. One, because I needed to make sure I took my meds, but also because I did not want to be in general population. L.A. County is not a friendly jail, and the last time I had been there, I made sure to give up my peanut butter as quickly as I got it because I wanted to make sure I was protected while I was there. I had been in jail five other times, but there was nothing like this. I knew I was going home then, but now I'm staring at five years in prison, and this does not look good. After going through booking, I walked over to a nurse to be questioned about my health, and on the way I saw my girlfriend sitting there stone-faced as she answered questions from her booking officer. I looked at her, and although I'd been warned not to speak to her, I whispered, I am sorry. I love you. Please forgive me. In a last-ditch effort, hope, that somehow I could get out of here. I was still riding high from the eight ball and still drunk from the tequila I had been drinking non-stop since noon the day before, so while I went into my cell, the reality of what was taking place had not really hit me. As the jail door shut on my cell, I noticed that it was just me there with a metal toilet attached to the sink, a metal bed with a one-inch pad to sleep on, and enclosed with solid walls all around me. I could not see out of my cell in any direction, but I could hear the screams of madmen. Cackling laughter, angry screams, and taunts were coming out of the walls around me. Make it stop! Make it stop! Please, God, make it stop! My first night in jail was hell. Coming off the cocaine and a bottle of more of tequila, the slow process of sobering up delivered an even slower dose of reality of what was happening to me. I begged the guards for something to read, but I was rejected each time. Will you give me something to read? Anything, officer, please. Nothing. How would I kill time here? I started doing push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks, but it did not take much for my heart to feel like it was going to explode. I thought about jerking off, but then I got worried about getting caught. Oh, Lord. What am I going to do? Wait. A Bible? They have to give me a Bible! Once the guard came back around, I yelled to get his attention. Excuse me, officer. May I have a Bible, please? I asked in desperation as I needed a distraction. Bad. I'll be right back, he said. A few hours later, the guard came back with one of those small red Bibles. I had never really tried to read the Bible with any effort because even though I grew up in a church three times a week, I did not understand it, nor did I care. But this was the only way I could distract myself. I started with Genesis and got bored. That... And it really didn't make any sense to me at all. This wasn't helping me at all. Then I went to Revelations and started reading, but that was just about to give me nightmares. Then I went to Psalms, but they really did not make any sense either. I started reading Proverbs, which actually made sense to me, and I thought to myself with each line I read, I'm doing that wrong, definitely doing that wrong, I'm really doing that wrong. Then I remembered one of my high school best friends who I used to get drunk with all the time and had even had been arrested with that had become a pastor. I searched for the book of John and as I started to read about Jesus, my heart started to break. I never understood who Jesus was, 
why people claimed he loved them, why people felt he gave us purpose, or even how he could be, he could, we could get a new life in him. None of that ever made sense to me, and for the first time I started to understand the significance of this man people dedicated their lives to. Jesus really did that for me? As soon as I asked that question, I got very angry at God and started cursing him. Why won't you fix me? Why won't you fix me like everybody else? I begged you to change me. Complaining about all of the times in my life I tried to get my act together but could not last longer than a few weeks. Why won't you fix me? I've begged you to change me but nothing. You fix everyone but me. Why, God, why? You have to forgive your father. Well, how in the hell am I supposed to do that? Because it happened to him too. With those words, I felt something I had never felt in regards to my father. I felt compassion. After compassion set in the realization that this man I had hated, this man who abused me, who cheated on my mom so many times and threw her around, was inappropriate with my sisters and had been responsible for so many of the painful memories in my life, it was no different than me. The man whose funeral I showed up an hour late to because of the cocaine-fueled sex party I had the night before had kept me from sleeping. It was just a hurt little boy in a man's body like I was. Everything I hated about that man, my father, was everything I hated about myself. I'd become exactly like my father, but worse. In that moment, I realized that as much as I needed to forgive him, I needed to ask for forgiveness from him. Dad, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Please forgive me. I'm sorry I made a mockery of your funeral. I'm sorry that I was not there for you when you battled melanoma. I'm sorry, Dad. Will you forgive me? With that cry, a ray of light started to burn holes through the boulders surrounding my shoulders, and little by little, my heart began to break. Sobbing, I went back and read the book of John again, and as I read, I knew... I had something else I needed to ask for forgiveness for. Father God, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. I have run from you since as early as I can remember. I have ran for my purpose. I know what you called me to do and I ran. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I took for granted all that you've blessed me with. I'm sorry for becoming a junkie, an abuser. I'm sorry for all that I've done wrong. I want to be who you called me to be, not this person. I know that you sent your son Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. Will you forgive me? My life is no longer my own. I surrender. I surrender. Use all of me for your purposes. Even behind bars, I will do what you called me to do. My life is no longer my own. Take my life. I surrender. Jesus, take my life. In that moment, what felt like lightning shot through my body, knocking me on my butt and lifting me up off the ground simultaneously. The next thing I know, I'm singing, Jesus, Jesus, praise you, Jesus. Making up songs because I did not know any words. I just felt like singing and dancing. Now I know why I was put in isolation because I sure as heck was not going to be singing or dancing around other inmates. It was the most extraordinary moment of my life.
and there was no denying what happened. How could I ever deny this? Jesus is not only real, he is alive in me. Josh died in that moment, and in my rebirth I became Joshua, who I was created to be all along. The atmosphere had changed, and now all the visions from my childhood that spawned out of every other traumatic event in my life started to flood my mind. I had realized now that each of those visions were God, showing me what was possible if I chose Him. The dreams were not to mock me, but to show me that there was a better way in what was possible for my life. For the first time in my life, I chose someone else besides me to take control over my life. I had fully surrendered my life to Jesus, and now it was time to get to work for Him. I never in my wildest dreams thought I would get out of jail, but after five days, I did not see the judge and was released without being charged. I was free, pardoned for my sins against God and man, and now I have to figure out how to fulfill the promises I made before God. Unlike all the other times I tried to turn my life around, this time I had fully surrendered and I was committed to seeking Jesus with all I had and being who He created me to be. The drug use, the sex, the poor decisions made it impossible for me to afford where I was living because I was broke. I was months behind on rent and now I was out of options of where to live. I had alienated everyone I knew. I had broken trust with everyone who attempted to trust me. So calling in a favor was not something I had the luxury of doing. A few weeks before the arrest, I had taken a job in Orange County after losing my business because of the horrible business decisions I was making while abusing drugs, not sleeping for days at a time, and not being able to collect on the money that was owed to me. Somehow my new job decided to stand by me and allowed me to keep my job after I was let out of jail. The only issue with my job was that I did not make enough money to afford a place to live, so I ended up sleeping in my car. That lasted about a week. But then I remembered I had a bunch of Marriott points from all the traveling I had done and was able to spend the next week in a hotel room at no cost, which allowed me to save money. Even being without a home, my future being unclear, I was full of hope and promise as I could feel God working on my heart in ways that I had never felt before. I knew I was all in. And although... I had no idea how I was going to keep those promises that I made to God. I knew in my heart that I was committed to being what I was created to be. And I had Jesus to thank for that.